Or I are we talking shit this morning, aren't we? Welcome to episode 119 of Comical Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Corbett, and with me is... Hello, I'm Elmer Fudd. <laughs> That's how I feel right now. You kind of look like Elmer Fudd. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fine, I'll be Busey, please, okay. <laughs> uh, you don't have enough energy for no, me. I don't have Busey today. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just be me then. Okay. Tired, beat up me. Poor little Miguel. Uh-huh. I'm still on emotional <laughs> high, though, baby. Emotional high. We'll talk about that. But physically, I'm like, Bleh. It's my damn dogs, man. They keep on waking me up. I'm sorry. I get up and I'm like, like, you got eight dogs. What do you expect? Like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> and I, I got up and I saw my wife coming out of the bathroom. Oh, that's why they're howling. Because no, it's time for them to go to the bathroom. It's this time, like, really? I just went to bed. I, I know. I just, I swear, <laughs> I just got here. <laughs> we also have a very special guest on the show today, Mr. Stuart McCune. How are you doing, man? I'm doing good. Thanks. Thanks for having me. And uh, Stuart's on to talk about his uh, currently running Kickstarter for Monologue, issue number two. That's correct. Yep. Um, I'll tell you all about it a little bit later. Cool. Well, first we're going to go over this week's comics, as we always do. So, Miguel, what were your top three this week? You will address me as Miguel McGarza. (laughs) Now, (laughs) I will speak with my Irish accent now. (laughs) Go on, try it, try it. Oh, this is going to be terrible. <laughs> I'm not happy. Man, if I was more awake, I think I'd be on the ball. This is going to come across like Irishy, Russian, maybe a little I bit. Uh, thought you were supposed to be a voice actor in training. <laughs> oh, oh, I, are, I, are we talking shit this morning, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> I will come after your lucky charms. <laughs> well, you, your Irish is almost as good as like, your Australian. <laughs> oh, yeah. Put another shrimp on the barbie. <laughs> I, I'm more Canadian than anything. You hosa. <laughs> All right, here we go. My number two this week was Harold County number 12 by our good friend Colin Bunn and Hannah Christensen. Yeah. It was, it was a pretty good issue. Dude, I will never go into a damn house that's like that. Ever. Well, that's all I'm saying. There wasn't anything peculiar about the house on the outside, really. Well, no, I don't give a damn. You start seeing shit like that, it's time to go. <laughs> if my house started doing that crap, it's going up in flames. Well, well basically, <laughs> if you've been reading Harrow County, uh, the main character is a witch. And... Throughout Harrow County, her legends kind of spread. Everybody knows she's a witch. She's a witch, Harry. But she's a good witch, for, for the most part. Um, so everybody in this this house feel like the house has some kind of problem. Like, the kids are afraid to go in there. Like, they're seeing all kinds of weird things happening. So they call on this witch to show up and maybe help them exercise the house or fix whatever's wrong. So she comes, and she has a conversation with the little girl. And the girl's like, my dolly won't, won't go back in the house. She's afraid. And she's like, okay, there's something definitely weird going on here. So she goes in the house. Yeah, she's talking to her doll. <laughs> starts walking around, exploring the place, and there's lots of weird things going on. Uh, the family decides to sit down and have dinner, and while they're having dinner, all hell kind of breaks loose because she sees the ghost of a little boy sitting at the table. And it's almost like that scene from Poltergeist where the house collapses within itself. <laughs> like, things start collapsing, and the family's like making a run for it to get outside, but they're trapped. So she has to use her magic or whatever to figure out how to get them out, and they manage to, of course, and the house turns out that it was a haint it was actually a ghost itself so this family was living inside of a ghost for who knows how long 
That's tripped out, man. You're in its bowels. In its bowels. It was, it was very interesting. Uh, it was excellent, yeah. It you know who they should have called? Absolutely fantastic book, so it is. The Ghostbusters? They should have called the Ghostbusters. <laughs> <laughs> the <laughs> Melissa McCarthy ones. The old they? ones, right? No, the, the new ones of the house could have eaten them. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> no. Uh, no, it was a good issue. Uh, it did not break my top three. It was Vigo. There was a few books I liked more, but uh, it was up there. Yeah. It was really good. Dude, I love Harold County, man. You know yeah, I got much love for Cullen Bunn. My number two was uh, Batman number 52 from James Tinney IV and Raphael Albuquerque. Uh, this is the last issue. Of this is the one I didn't get to read, so you upset me. <laughs> <laughs> this is the last issue of the new 52 Batman storyline. It's a one-shot from James Tinian, who has done a lot of really good Batman one-shots, so I'm not surprised this one's good as well. It's all about Batman's beginnings. After his family dies, he's trying to figure out how to cope with losing his family. Alcohol. And Alfred... Is like, make a list of all the things that you have to live for. Make a list of all the things that could help you get through this. Like, make a list of the things you need to do to get you from point A to point B. So he makes a list. And Alfred keeps trying to, like, add to it. He's like, always remember that your family loves you. And Bruce is like, what the hell? You ruined my list. (laughs) He's like, I was working on something. But it kind of parallels what happened then and what happens now. Because there's a bank robber who has, uh, well, he's, he's like a powered bank robber. He's figured out that Bruce Wayne and a bunch of other bigwigs keep their biggest secrets in this one bank and, like, safety deposit boxes there. So he breaks in trying to find Bruce Wayne's biggest secret, and it's inside the safety deposit box. And, of course, Batman is alerted because he's Bruce Wayne, so he shows up, and they have a big fight, whatever. And uh, he's like, go ahead and open it. I don't care. So he opens it up, and it turns out to be the list of all the things he had to do to become Batman, basically. Nice. Uh and he's like, what is this? I was expecting something that I could blackmail him with, something I could make money off of. And he's like, yeah, you don't always get what you want. <laughs> <laughs> that sucks. <laughs> it's actually, I'm, I'm not doing it any kind of justice trying to explain it, but it's a really great issue. I thought you were going to tell me he's going to be like, Cersei, the Hound, the Mountain. <laughs> Things no. you want to live for, you know, people get even with. <laughs> no, not like that. The Joker, the Riddler, the Penguin. No. Clayface. <laughs> it was Bruce Wayne's list, not Batman's list. Oh, okay. But it was really good. So, if you haven't read it yet, I recommend checking it out. All right. What's your number one? <laughs> number one, Southern Bastards, number 14, Jason Aaron, Jason Luttor. Yeah, that's actually my pick of the week. This is the best Southern Bastards issue in a while. Uh, they've kind of fallen off the last few few ones, I thought, but this one really kind of picked it up again. Uh, Earl Tubbs' daughter, Roberta, comes back to town, and she's dealing with the, the racism that she left the town to get rid of anyways. Yeah. You know, she's been in the military. She's been trained. She comes back, and she's going through Earl's belongings and trying to figure out what happened to him. And the whole time, her mom's pleading with her, just, who cares about that old stupid man? Just leave his shit and, and get out of there. You don't owe him nothing. Get the hell out of there. And she's like, but he was my dad. I can't let that happen. You're not doing you got to speak in Southern. He's my diet. I got to take care I'm of this. I'm tired, too, man. I'm doing the best I can. <laughs> so the racists that live next door basically stole a bunch of Earl's stuff, and uh, you know they refused to have any kind of... You know, responsibility for doing that, so she basically beats the crap out of him and takes her old stuff back. That's right. And then she marches into town to figure out what exactly happened to her dad. So I'm really looking forward to seeing what comes next. The funny thing was the little boy was trying to be look like he was going to be nice to her, and then he dropped the end bomb on her at the end. She was yeah. like, she just looked down. Yeah, like, that's, yeah, that bit was the harshest bit in the issue. Like, was kick his ass, the little kid. Kick yeah. his ass, kick his arse. Come on, Seamus. <laughs> <laughs> It was. It was really yeah, it good. felt like that. That was kind of where you would have liked to have seen it go after the very first arc. You I know, thought, when they when they did Earl in. Well, they introduced her. You kind of wanted this. I wanted to see Roberta much sooner than than mm-hmm. this issue. Like, but it was great to finally see her properly. 
They introduced her in the end of issue four, I believe. It was like right at the end of Earl's arc. It was yeah. A, a quick mention, though. Wait, and, but then they left it. Yeah, like, and it was like, I, I just assumed that in the second arc, it would be about, a, we would be where we are now, you know, like that that's what was going to happen. It was cool, like the cool coach stuff, but I was kind of, I was really interested to see what, what Roberta would be like, and she didn't let us die in show, she didn't. Not at all. I was impressed. From hell out, there's nothing but ass kicking the whole way. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That was my pick of the week. So, uh, what was your number one, man? My number one, uh, as it should be for everybody, <laughs> is the fix number two. Oh, that's my pick of the week. Uh, Nick Spencer and Steve Lieber <laughs> are crushing it. Stop scopies, me. I can't believe how good this book is. Uh, I told everybody when issue one came out that it was my favorite new book of the year. Uh, issue two is as good as issue one was, and half the half the number of pages. So I'm gonna shoot you in the hand. Don't worry, you're not gonna lose it. <laughs> <laughs> it's about these two detectives who are also criminals who use their uh, police knowledge to rip off people. Basically, um, they come up with a, another more elaborate scheme that requires one of them to shoot the other one in the hand, say it was in the line of duty, and then coerce a bunch of bums to back up the story that a crackhead's the one that shot him. Also, that they can partner him with a dog. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't like him. <laughs> it's extremely convoluted, but it's it's unbelievably well handled. Nick Spencer's doing such an amazing job with the story. The jokes about the guy jacking off too was hilarious. Look, you got a hole in your hand now; you can use it, dude. I can't stick anything through that hole. <laughs> <laughs> well, not only that, but like their their bookie friend or whatever the the guy who everybody's afraid of, um, he has like a, a string quartet come and practice with him every night. I told you, a little flat. And like the banjo player shows up and he's a little flat and he's like, Hey man, you're you're a little flat, you might want to fix that. And the banjo player like tweaks his instrument a little bit and they start playing again, he's like, Bitch, I told you you're flat and then he pulls the string off and like <laughs> strangles the guy with it. And you see the ad, you need a new banjo player. Yeah. <laughs> it's kinda of fucked up, man. It's it's pretty messed up, but I'm really enjoying this series. Uh, I'm not doing it any kind of justice again trying to explain it, but you gotta check out the fix. Yeah, because the bad guy, I mean, he's kinda like all calm, cool, and collective, but when he snaps, damn. Stay, stay away. <laughs> I kind of like that guy. I do too. It's, it's a great book. Well, what about you, Stuart? What have you read recently that you've enjoyed? I think this week I couldn't really pick between two books, and they were exact opposites pretty much. One was a floppy. One is like almost like a mini trade. Um, the, the floppy was – are any of you reading American Monster? I've uh, heard from really, Aftershock. I've heard really good things, but I haven't had a chance to check it out yet. Yeah, it's Brian Azarello and Wan Do, and the artwork is just stunning. Absolutely stunning. It, it's got this really weird, dark story about uh, this guy covered in blood who comes back to a town. But it, it's more, much more than that. It's the atmosphere of the thing. And like there's a freaky subplot about this this guy who pays the teenage kids to do weird stuff and it's just a really odd book but i find whenever it's on the stack i really look forward to it you know it's one of those but i think if i had to pick one book this week it is a book which is pretty much the opposite to that uh there's a book that came out uh just i think it was last weekend it was released called a city inside and it's by a woman called Tilly Walden, and it's her latest book. She's done two others, and the middle one is nominated for an Eisner this year. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, it's uh, part of this uh, very small London publishing house that puts out lots of indie stuff called Avery Hill. And they're well worth checking out. It's all quite diverse. 
but they know what they like and, and they're getting really good at it. And this new book, A City Inside by Tilly Walden is, it's almost like it's about nothing, but it's, it's really about life's passing and time. And that, that might sound trite, but honestly, give this a go. It is just so worthwhile and it is, it is really engaging. And it's about time passing, how we change. And it points out the little things that we kind of forget every day, you know, that make life great. Mm-hmm. And it manages to do that in a comic book. And not many things can do that. And I know it's it's not your typical kind of, you know, it, it like I said, it's the opposite to American Monster. But it, it's, a, it's an amazing piece of work. And she is going to be a creator that you will know for years and years and years. Very cool. Awesome. So, yeah, that, that was my book of the week. Very cool. I'll, I'll definitely check that out. Great. Yeah, the, uh, there was a few weeks ago whenever you guys were talking about the nominations. As, as far as I'm aware, it's up to the publisher to submit things. Uh-huh. And I don't think that Marvel actually submits a lot of books for it, I which is that. why there's always seems to be that disparity. And you always see like more Indian image titles up for the Eisners. But it would be great if she got it because she's a she's a heck of a talent. So she is. Yeah, worth checking out. Very cool. Well, let's talk about another author or writer, if you will. <laughs> you. Well, thank you. <laughs> oh, you're not talking about me. <laughs> so, Stuart, you're from Ireland, and you've been writing comics for a while now, it seems like. Uh, your most recent one is Monologue, and you have a Kickstarter going right now. Why don't you tell That's our audience correct. what Monologue is all about? Well, at the moment, we're about halfway through the Kickstarter for Monologue issue two. I think there's like a, a few weeks left on it by the time this goes to air. And um, it's been terrific because issue two, like any second issue, is, is always a bit more treacherous than, than, a, than a first one. And basically it continues the story of the first one. But you don't need to have read the first one to read the second one. They, they can work very easily as standalone. And uh, it follows this woman and everything is told entirely using the device of the internal monologue. So everything's in boxes rather than bubbles. And uh, you're never quite sure of the footing, where you are, where she is, exactly what's going on, how things are going to change. And it, it, it plays with reality quite a bit and throws, throws you many curveballs along the way. And it's uh, kind of... The first one's very much a noir, Hitchcockian kind of thing. The second one is much more... Uh, the second one's scarier. <laughs> it's it's like a Japanese horror film. The second one. <laughs> cool, cool. Yeah, I mean, so, um, yeah. I read the first one. Um, it, okay. It seems like you know she's not really sure what reality is. Uh, like she. That's fair. She yeah. knows the people around her, at least one person so far. Uh, but she's not really sure how he ties into everything. And uh, it's a very kind of trippy book. I, I liked it a lot. Oh, thanks. Thanks a lot. Yeah, the response to the first issue has been amazing. People from all over the world just send me the most amazing, just in comments, pictures, you know, people putting things up on their wall that they got. And it's just, it's just absolutely terrific. It's life affirming is what it is. So I knew I was going to do the second one pretty much when I started seeing the response from the first one. And people started asking for it as well. I had the scripts, but I, I originally had two sets of scripts. I had five standalones, and I had one which was in three parts. And I decided to go with the one that was in three parts, so we're in the second part at the minute. Very cool. You're doing great with Kickstarter. If people want to get the first issue, is that one of the rewards? Oh, it's in it's in a few of the reward tiers. I think you, you can get it 
digitally on most of them. Uh, but the physical one, I think there's about 10 of those left. And then there's some physical copies on a reward higher up, a sketch reward. And also, I mean, one of the things that I'm, I'm very keen about is just not so much the the gain from this, just getting readership and people, you know, spreading the word about the comic. So if, if your listeners do actually uh, have a look at it and are interested in Pledge, uh, by all means, send me a message that you're a listener to this podcast and you will get an extra free comic because I have hard copies of that guy, issue one. Oh, nice. And I will oh, do that, nice. and that's just ex- just for your podcast listeners. That's awesome. And uh, for those of you who don't know what that guy is, uh, I read the first two issues of that as well this morning. Um, I was really impressed with this book as well. Uh, it's a lot of fun, and it's it's probably closer to the typical <laughs> kind of books that Miguel and I are big fans of. Uh, why don't you tell them a little bit about what that guy is about? Okay, well, that guy's my little angry comic that came out of me being annoyed last year and I set myself the goal of making a comic in a week and I did it and then I looked at it and I was like, you know what, this could be something. So I set about writing a full arc for it and I started it again and the first two, uh, the second one came out on Comixology last Wednesday and it's a it's a little kind of media satire. That guy is the guy the bad people get to do the things they don't want to do. And you never see him, so it's almost like you're the guy. It's like a first-person video game kind of thing. So, so you never see that guy, and it becomes like a, a typical kind of crime keeper. But it's all dressed up. It's more about uh, this idiot that appears <laughs> gradually through the story called Jimmy Piss, and Jimmy Piss is like a media sensation. So he's, <laughs> you know, he, he's he's part Bieber, part Miley. You know, he, he's just he an absolute. Absolutely ridiculous things and, and tries to sell. Yeah. Really he he sells products, uh, so. pubic grooming products. <laughs> and uh, and yeah, it's just it's just a really fun book and it's a fun book to do and particularly when you're doing something like monologue, which is quite intense, and some of my other books are quite intense too. It's nice to have something that's just a wee bit lighter and a li- little bit more bouncier. It's got, it's really bright and colourful, and yeah, you, I guarantee you'll have a laugh if you read it. Like it has some funny moments in it. Yeah, it definitely does. I want that book. <laughs> <laughs> well, he sent it to us. You just haven't had a chance to read it yet because oh, we're I, so busy. I want a physical copy, okay. <laughs> and I just pledged. Nice. Oh, excellent. Well, then you get one. All right. <laughs> I send you a physical cover. <laughs> this is gonna be cool, man. The uh, I think it's it's definitely a Miguel book. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I have no problem saying that. I know exactly how Miguel's going to respond. <laughs> I know exactly what pages Miguel's going to like in it. <laughs> Man, people know who I am now. That's that's pretty bad. <laughs> I want to go to the what what chicken hut, man. Come on, that okay. Such a cool. Look. Oh, you get that as a that was the first stretch goal of monologue. Yeah, you get you get a, a takeaway menu. Um, so you get one of those as well. Nice. In the post, everyone nice. will the pledges. Uh, hopefully, we can get it up to the the second stretch goal. I think it's about a hundred pounds away from it, um, and that's for a, a print of one of the. Alternative covers. Very cool. Which is really covered, sweet man. as well. I got him covered. I'm 247 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I understand. Also, this. actually, I forgot to say, one of the things that you guys might like, do you remember the cover 
to Uncanny X-Men 50. It was like a Polaris yeah, one. Yeah, it was yeah. Jim Steranko. We actually both yeah. have a copy of it signed yes. by Steranko. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Excellent. Well, if you look further up the monologue uh, stretch goals, there's a, there's a homage to that cover. Very cool. That uh, Yeah, I put it on Tumblr this weekend, and everyone's been reblogging it, so that's kind of nice. That's very awesome. Funny that we have totally. that, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, Stuart, uh, this is obviously not your first comic. You've been doing this for a while. H- how long have you been working on comics? It's a long, dark tale, Justin, so it is. <laughs> it, it started uh, whenever I was a boy. Um, I, like, whenever I was, like, 18, I, lo- I moved to London, and I started selling comics in around all the shops in London back way back then. That was, like, 89. And then, you know... I, Life got in the way. I did other things, went to other places, and I always kept drawing them. So I've got a huge amount. But uh, about two or three years ago, I've been working as a as a painter, and uh, I, I was getting disillusioned with uh, like the whole gallery kind of scene. Mm-hmm. And I just I wanted to do something that made me happy. So I, I said to my partner, you know what, I I just need to forget about everything for a while and do me some comics again. And uh, I started writing a comic and I drew it and I drunkenly one night submitted it to Comicsology and forgot about it. And then about two months later, they got in touch and said, uh, we'd like to put out your comic. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to keep doing this. And I think in about two years, there's about 30 books now. That's incredible. Two years for thirty books. That's a that's some an of them are collections. That's an astonishing yeah, rate to get it all done, though. I mean, how how long does it take you to do a single issue? Because you do the writing and the art and the lettering. You do it and all. color. Yeah. Oh, he's yeah. Jimmy Robinson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, it's uh, obviously it depends on the book, uh, but there was a while there where I was working off an issue every twenty-one days, that's and really I. Good I yeah, I've just, I, I kind of set myself that because I think if you're going to w- want to work in this industry, you have to be prepared for if you did get the big job that you can deliver it without letting deadlines go or, you know, you have to kind of stick to a regime. If you don't stick to a regime, you don't get it done. Yeah. And uh, so they initially started as an exercise in, in trying to maintain that. And then I just got into the swing of it. And I, I, I cannot take time off. I just... Uh, <laughs> Every time I take a few days, I'm just chomping at the bit to get back to it. You know, I cannot wait to to get going. I mean, there's there's already stuff complete which isn't out yet. Uh, there's a, a science fiction uh, comic uh, called Cold Colony, which is like a detective thing, and it's finished. It should be going up on Comicsology. Uh, see, I haven't decided. I might kickstart my Comicsology. But it'll be around sometime in the summer. Uh, there's a, another science fiction anthology called Notice. Actually, this is something your listeners might be interested in. Notice is just a place for me to put stories that aren't issue lengths. And there was a guy that I got to know through social media called Keith Perkins. And he had some strips. And I said, well, why, why don't you put them in this? So we put out the first issue, and I'm in the middle of compiling the second. And I want to make it clear to anyone that's got a science fiction story, it can be one page, it can be 10 pages. If they want to put it up on a major platform, it's just digital, it's comicsology. 
and it is just for fun. But if they want to submit, submit the story, and we'll get it up there. Cool. How, how do they go about doing that? Now, just email it to me at millicentbarnescomics at gmail.com, or else get in touch with me on Twitter at Stuart McCune, and uh, I'll send you just the details. Just, yeah, just uh, open submission, anything sci-fi related. It's called Notice. Like I say, second one's being compiled at the moment. Um, what else is coming out? There's the third issue of uh, a title called Delta will be out in the summer as well. There was quite a delay on that one. It's like a, a City War offshoot. I did a title called City War, which has got 14 issues, I think, up at the minute. Uh, and at the, right at the moment, I'm working on that guy, number three. And then whenever I get that finished, it's on the monologue, number three. And then that's us up to date. <laughs> I have to talk to you more on Twitter on DMing because I'm going to want to get some of these other books that you read. I'm going to want to see if I can get a peek. Oh, totally. You get everything. Nah, you have me on the show. You get it all. You get everything. <laughs> I'm going to submit me my story now. Sleaze in space. Oh, Science you fiction story? <laughs> Horses yeah. in space. We could have put money on that, couldn't we? <laughs> I was expecting something more He-Man related from you. Oh, yeah. We're riding sleaze in space. <laughs> Tag team for the ages. <laughs> Sleezing. <laughs> Actually, that that could be an interesting story. Like uh, we're gonna get sued. <laughs> some kind of, you're some kind of uh, mer creature, space pirate riding a horse across the cosmos, <laughs> and then we run into Gary Busey out there. Yeah. <laughs> just, just make some kind of weird amalgam of all of your characters and personalities and write it into one story. <laughs> Send it to him. Nice. I'd love to see it. <laughs> that would yeah, be. We'll knock Diamond out of the water. <laughs> <laughs> that would be such a major train wreck, <laughs> and everybody's doing it in different voices. Australian, Irish, you know, English, <laughs> Mexican, whatever, you know, what's up, Holmes, you know? <laughs> Make it happen, man. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Merman in <and> Telemundo. Baby, <laughs> That's freaking awesome, dude. I mean, it's just amazing that you've been writing so much. That's, that's pretty cool, I have to say. It's, uh, I think one of the things that's important to me is the writing. I mean, it's good drawing them as well, but... I started working recently with uh, another artist from Ireland that uh, he's in the middle of drawing another book that we're doing, which is which is a funny book as well, actually. And uh, I kind of I would prefer to move into just writing eventually, I think, because it, it comes easier to me. Um, the artwork, I, I believe the artwork I do is, is quite individual, but there are people out there who can knock it out of the park in terms of comic book artwork and i'd rather be focusing on writing really good stories for those really really good artists huh. well, especially, people, with the, especially with the the number of books you're doing i'd imagine if you're just focusing on one aspect of it it would make everything go a lot faster well exactly and plus it would mean then you know i could keep my little uh, my little pet favorite books for me to draw and you know kind of like the the matt kent model yeah. You know the way he yeah. he he does like uh, mind management, yeah. So, and yet he writes lots of things for like Valiant and Marvel, and you know, so that you know that that would be the the ideal. I think that'd be the thing to aim for. This might come out a little bit countryless. <laughs> it's a different form of racism. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> no, I'm. This is actually going to be positive. Uh, USA people may want to kick my ass after this. Uh, <laughs> I'm impressed. I really am impressed by the number of people we've had from overseas, from England, from Ireland, from uh, any other place out there, France, whatever, Italy, Sweden, wherever we had them from, who are writing books. 
it's like nothing stops them, nothing deters them. They're going to get it done. They're going to write. They're going to do it all. And it's just amazing how dedicated they are and how much life, how much, you know. I see it from your your point. You were, I'm talking about you now, Justin. You were like all like gung-ho and you're like so excited. I mean, you have a new level of energy watching you talking about writing. And the same thing I get from Stuart. You should be over, overseas, bro. <laughs> I, I don't think it works that way. <laughs> but no, I'm just trying to pay compliments. I, I'm inspired by Stuart. I really am. I'm inspired by his dedication, how much he loves it, and how many books he's writing. And I can see you doing that, too. I mean, I really do. Uh, it's, uh, thanks, Miguel. Let's see, I can see Stuart. Unlike you, Stuart's going to use me as an artist. He will have a book purely on <laughs> stick figures, and it will be called A Tale of Two Horses, and it will be done in English. <laughs> I didn't hear him say Bring that. Bring it on. <laughs> <laughs> where where uh, Sleaze actually turns good at the end and takes the place of Cleese, so Cleese doesn't lose his head. That's right. Remake You're mapping it all out as we speak. Right? That's right. Make, remaking of A Tale of Two Cities, but Tale of Two Horses. <laughs> Tail of two horses. I mean, make it happen. I'm going to get sued. (laughs) There's all kinds of deviations of classic classic fiction out there. I mean, you could definitely make a tail of two horses and not get sued. Somewhere a lot of artists are rolling over their their graves. You know, Shakespeare's rolling over right now. (laughs) They're like, what the hell is this guy doing? Kill him! He was a hack. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) That's awesome. See, if I said that, there'd be people at your front door banging with pitchforks. And <laughs> no, no, they wouldn't. They'd be like, oh, Miguel just doesn't know. He doesn't know. <laughs> Miguel, he doesn't know anything. <laughs> he had a couple of hits, Miguel. You know, <laughs> maybe the Tempest, you know, but that, that was about it. You know, after that, all, all the all the King ones, you don't need to bother with them. <laughs> That's it. Uh, yeah, he needed to get more horror. Macbeth's the only one that's got proper horror in it. So that is. That's absolutely And you true. picked up my favorite one. You did. I love Macbeth. What a shock. Those witches. Those oh, yes. witches. <laughs> oh, Macbeth was my favorite one that we got to read in school. It really was. I hate everything else, but Macbeth was just like, oh, <laughs> I'm all in. You got me, man. <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> oh, I do want to say this. Stuart, there might be an opportunity down the road that uh, my wife and me may actually make a trip. Uh, as my, my wife is half Irish, half Italian. And we've been discussing this and trying to get ready, save down the road, maybe uh, make a trip to Ireland. In Italy. Oh, absolutely. In Italy. So if I make it there, I'll have to look you up. Oh, yeah. 100%. He's going to move. <laughs> I'm a bad Everyone's drunk. coming to Ireland at the minute. The minute all the Star Wars people are here. Oh, I would love to be there. Yeah, they're building a Millennium Falcon on the West Coast. <laughs> Big Hill at the minute. <laughs> they seriously are. It's it's They're filming the second one at the moment. Um, the the first, You know the bit at the end of Force Awakens? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh, where where you see Luke and that spoiler, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> where, the, the, the bit at the end on the island that was here, so they I think that's why they're they're doing it. It's all up in Donegal at the uh, moment. Man, it'd be awesome. I'd love to meet Daisy. Yeah, they all <laughs> arrived last week. That's awesome. I could be in Star Wars, man. Uh, maybe <laughs> I'd be a Sith Lord. Clearly, maybe I'm not sure. There's a, a need for horses. <laughs> <laughs> I already got the Lord in front of the name Lord Horsticles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if if we see one of those like red caped imperial guards just like raising its hand out in <laughs> some obscene gesture, we'll know who's under that cape. <laughs> yeah, he'll be doing sign language for fuck that. Fingers <laughs> <laughs> down. Well, that's awesome, man. I, I hope everybody that's listening goes out and supports Monologue. It's a great book. Like I said, I read the first issue. I really enjoyed it. I'm looking forward to the second one. 
Uh, you can find Stuart's other stuff on Comixology. He talked about a lot of his titles, so go check him out. Uh, I promise you won't be disappointed. I've, I've enjoyed what I've read so far. Yeah, and hopefully one day he has an audiobook where you can push the button and he speaks to you. <laughs> it's like, hi, <laughs> thank you for buying my book, you bastards. <laughs> That's what podcasts are for. Me. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I got you. This is a piece of crap. <laughs> Shakespeare wrote this. <laughs> All right, well, let's move on. Oh, man. Uh, so yesterday, you and I took a trip. That's what you want to call it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, for those of you who don't, Really follow us on social media or uh, shame on you. You're yeah, supposed to be following yeah, you, my Twitter. You should, you should be following us, but if you're not for I'm, some reason, you I'm may running not for have, president. Come on, you may not have <laughs> noticed that uh, Steve Orlando, who is an alumni of this show many times over, uh, happened to be in Texas. What the hell? There was an event called Texas Comic Fest up in Louisville, uh, which is about four and a half hours away from where we are. Where for some reason they managed to put together this amazing roster. It was like Ben Dunn, Mike Zek. Tim Seeley, Steve Orlando, Joe Isma initially, but he ended up canceling. Because you were coming. <laughs> Quite possibly. Uh, Devin Kraft. I mean, there was, was Ryan Salinas. a yeah. crazy guest list for this one-day show in the middle of nowhere, Texas, with like a $15 entry fee. It wasn't in the middle of nowhere. It was it, next to Dallas, the greatest a, city in Texas. Well, it was like a distant suburb of Dallas. Come on, man. How about them cowboys? Uh, no. Uh, anyways... It was just crazy to me that they managed to get such a great roster for a one-day show with such a cheap entry fee. You know, typically those guys only show up for, like, big two- or three-day shows where they're going to make money, guaranteed. But for some reason, they got them. Dude, these guys made money there yesterday. It was awesome. It was it was such a fun show. It was kind of, it was very small, very intimate. Uh, we got the opportunity to hang out with Steve, which was something we've been wanting to do for a long time. He was really fun, uh, a lot of fun to talk to. Um, we got to meet Tim Seeley who we're going to have as a guest on the show later in July. You got to meet your other friend? Uh, he did an amazing Beastman and Merman sketch for us. Oh, that was that was great. Uh, hey, where the hell is my Merman? You took it home. Oh, that's what I did. Yeah, I showed my <laughs> wife this morning. Sorry, man, I'm having a rough time today. <laughs> thought you stole it from me. <laughs> no, I, I wouldn't take it. Uh-huh. Uh, after that, I mean, we, we, of course, hung out with our friend Brian Salinas, uh, our friend Devin Kraft, who we've had on the show as well. Um, Steve's going to come back on in August. Yes. He's, uh, he's been announced as the new writer of Supergirl. Uh, looking forward to that. Uh, but yeah, it was just an absolute blast. We hung out. We got to see our friends uh, Joseph and Shaddai from BS Excluded. We got to meet Matthew. Uh, we got to meet Matthew Waite, who's a, a great cover artist. God, he's amazing, man. He's... Uh, he did a real fun uh, Deadpool Francis sketch cover for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he gave you a free... Uh... A free print. Yeah. Uh-huh. Great guy. Uh, all around, just an awesome time. You know, it wasn't a huge con. There wasn't panels. There wasn't uh, a whole lot of vendors there. But really, it was just intimate. And you got to hang out with the artists and writers and just talk to them. And I think that's how they got them. Number one, they they pull them back and forth to the airport. They take them back and forth. They take them to the hotel and everything else. They do all that stuff. They feed them. And then it's the intimacy of the con. The yeah. fact that, you know, these guys probably, you know, they don't mind going to big cons, but they're so overwhelmed. So many people, they got to do these panels. And here, they can sit at the table. They can sit there and talk to people and actually get to meet people. And, and, and I think that might be it. That might be how they do it, because I'll be honest with you, you listen to Matthew yesterday and Tim talking to people and Steve, it was like, they were happy. Yeah. They might have been happy we were around all the damn time. but <laughs> <laughs> Well, especially when we get to my funny story. Oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we had an absolute blast. So uh, to the Texas Comic Fest promoters and organizers, thank you so much for making that happen. Uh, you know, Steve is a good friend of ours, and we've been wanting to meet him in real life for a long time, so... Really happy that got to happen. Need you to bring Frank Barberi 
and <laughs> Josh Williams yeah, we'll, next we'll year. We'll send you a request list for next yeah. year. <laughs> and we will be there. We promise we're coming again. Like I tweeted to you guys, thank you so much, and we'll see you next year. The only thing that sucked about it was the drive. <laughs> yeah, if you can shuttle us back and forth, we'll love you for it. <laughs> uh, we, uh, we left Houston at 3.30 in the morning. Uh, well, that, we, we left my house about 4, I guess. Picked up George. Yeah, we had to pick up some baggage. My co-writer from Great Bear. <laughs> uh, headed up there, spent the whole day, and then drove back around 9 o'clock, I guess. Yeah. We ended up getting back to my house about one thirty, and then uh, Miguel went home, came back. <laughs> yeah. I should have just slept here. And we're recording with Stuart now. Uh, I wouldn't have bathed, but I would have just slept here. <laughs> several, just a few hours later. <laughs> That's dedication. That's how dedicated we are to comical. We so. went from Dallas to Ireland in matter of moments. <laughs> <laughs> and now I'm going to hell. <laughs> okay. I gotta go. I have to go do laundry after this show. Oh, okay. That's, that's <laughs> it's hot in there. <laughs> All right. Well, then let's move on. What are you going to talk about? The uh, <laughs> It's time for Tell Me a Funny Story. No, thank you. <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to go first, Stuart, because uh, we have a funny story from Texas Comic Fest. So we were walking around, you know, browsing the vendors that were there, and there was one particular vendor that had some interesting underwear for sale. Uh, they were blue and red Superman underwear. That on the crotch they had the Superman logo, and on the back they said "Bam!" <laughs> with an exclamation point, and like an explosion behind it. Uh-huh. And uh, we were like, "Oh man, you should buy those, Miguel." And he was like, oh, "I'm not going to wear that." And I was like, no, no, you should get them and then surprise Anita with them. Like, she pulls down your pants. She's like, whoa, <laughs> bam. <laughs> and I was like, text her and see if, see if she'd like them. And he's like, okay. So we text her and she's like, hell no. What the hell's wrong with you? I'll be honest. I don't think I've ever remember a moment where my wife pulled my pants down. I think I'm always the one pulling my pants off. That's, that's some problems. <laughs> I'll take that back. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, she, she told him not to do it. Uh, but we showed Devin and. and uh, George and some other people, the and underwear. Salinas. Everybody was laughing about him. And Devin said, "Hey man, if you if you buy those and put them on over your shorts and wear them around the con, I'll give you two bucks." And uh, the the underwear was only ten dollars. And Miguel was like, "I don't know if I want to do it." And I was like, "Shit, I'll give you two bucks too." And then George said, "Oh yeah, I'll I'll, t- I'll pitch in two bucks too." And I was like, "So you can get the underwear for only four dollars, man." And then you like go make a deal with the guy so you can get him cheaper. You can probably <laughs> talk him down a little bit. Get him for eight. Maybe you only have to pay two dollars for him. And Miguel was like, "I don't know." And uh, I was like, let's go ask Steve. <laughs> yeah. And Brian was like, you should do it, man. Do it. <laughs> so he, we go over to Steve, and Miguel's like, hey, Steve, uh, they have some Superman underwear. I was thinking about buying and putting on over my shorts and walking around the con. And Steve looked at you like, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> and, and you said, uh, see, I told you Steve thought it was a bad idea. And Steve was like, I didn't say that. I just said, uh, you, know, you know the laws in Texas better than I do. I don't know if you're going to get arrested or not. But <laughs> if you think you're going to be okay, then go for it. <laughs> so I was like, see, Steve's on our side. So Miguel disappeared for a minute, and uh, I went back to Devin's table, and we were talking. We see Miguel over there haggling with the, the guy that had the underwear. And uh, the guy starts laughing, because I guess Miguel told him what he was going to do. And I guess he gave you a discount? He gave me a $2 discount. Yes, he got him for 8 bucks. So I, I run over there with my video camera. And I, I start recording Miguel as he puts on the underwear and starts walking around. And he's like, man, this doesn't look right. So he goes over and he picks up two little miniature footballs and shoves them down his shorts. <laughs> In the underwear. <laughs> and you know, that's a lot better. <laughs> well, they were a size too small. Stuff was getting constricted and hurting. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> 
So then you walked back over to Devin's table, and Devin's like, okay, here's your $2. And he's like, but I want to put it in your underwear like, like a stripper. So Miguel starts shaking his ass, and Devin's doing this, like, making it rain thing yeah. on him with all the money. <laughs> <laughs> Out of nowhere, Brian Salinas comes running over and starts yelling, bam, at Miguel's dick. <laughs> he's like, bam, bam. <laughs> I got it all on video. It's great. If you're on Facebook or Twitter, you can see it. Oh, my God. Uh, and then, you know, of course, Devin sticks all the money down Miguel's underwear. And Miguel bends over, I don't know why, to pick up his backpack or a shoe, tie a shoe or something. And all the money just falls out as he starts to walk away. <laughs> I was shitting money, and you forgot to record. I didn't record that part, though. I, I was so un, un, unhappy that I stopped recording. <laughs> nice. But then, that's not even the end of this uh, horrible story. <laughs> walking around the con with two balls. He and- walked around in the con for a while, and everybody got a good look, and everybody was laughing. And then he's like, Steve, I think I'm going to give you these as a reminder of your trip to Texas. And Steve was like, oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> so Miguel wrote to Steve on the front, but he used the S from the Superman logo for Steve. <laughs> and on the back, he wrote, bam, from LH. <laughs> so Steve came to Texas and left with some worn Superman underwear. <laughs> he didn't want the grapefruits. No, he didn't want your uh, little football. football <laughs> So that was definitely the most interesting thing, and, and it's got to be memorable. Steve's never going to forget that happening. <laughs> it's like, I'm never coming back to Texas again. <laughs> so that's my fault. Yeah, I've seen the evidence on Twitter. I oh, think you man. You put up a picture or something, didn't you? Yeah. yeah we I seen something yesterday. Yes, it looked horrendous. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an idiot, man. I'll do pretty much anything. And I was sober, so there you go. <laughs> I usually, Dare doesn't uh, stop me. It's just it was spending the money that was the stopping point, but once we got past that, it was on. They were basically free. So. Yeah, pretty much. Almost, yeah, I, I got to quit hanging out with you, man. <laughs> I do stupid things when I'm with you. That's terrible. And then you're recording all the time. Of course. <laughs> How else am I going to get funny stories? See, the funny thing would have been like if you'd have bought a pair and we both would have walked around with them. I, if they'd had Batman ones, I would have. They, nice. said, they said pow on the ass. Oh, that's that's what you want me to buy next time. Batman underwears. Could have been funny if it would have been Harley. That would have been disturbing. <laughs> that, would have, that would have been disturbing to some of the cosplayers that were there. I'm making my transformation to Harley complete now. <laughs> there, there, was a, there was a guy there cosplaying as, as a Poison Ivy Ugh. who was pretty much only wearing leaves, like a thong and some leaves. It was terrible. It was, it was a bit much. <laughs> we had an underage Wonder Woman looking like a hooker, so uh, didn't take pictures. I didn't take pictures with anybody there no, yesterday. No, you really didn't. Just, just our, our friends, and that was it. Yeah, because they were kind of like, I don't know. They were looking like for handouts, too. I like, uh, no, I don't want to do this. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely not a typical con, but it was fun. And they were kind of scary. <laughs> you see the woman walking around with the garters and stuff on her, that big girl? No. Uh, be glad. <laughs> That's some crap if I'd have put on. You'd want, yeah. Uh-huh. That's some crap I might have put on. All right, we'll make no, that happen next no, time. No, we're not making that happen. <laughs> then we show Steve the Sometimes unicorn. the smaller cons are way better, but, I mean, <laughs> when you get the chance to speak to people or, you know, whenever, like you said, it's a bit more intimate, it always you always have a better time. Oh, yes. I couldn't agree more. Like a, a lot of the cons over here obviously aren't anywhere near the scale of America or even London. And um, there's quite a few of them that are really good, you know, where you, you do get to sit and speak with, like, real giants of this industry and you can just chat away with them there's one uh, it wasn't on last year uh, but there there used to be one called dice and it it had some of the biggest names that you could think of at it um like uh who was there the last time kieran gillen becky clunan 
um, John McCray. Uh, there was there was some editors from Marvel and DC as well, where you could actually just go and talk to them. And I think Wasn't you Dick need Michelle more. Last year too, and he curated it. Yeah, yeah, okay. I, I know that he was connected to it somehow because I remember him posting about it. It was uh, him and uh, Jordy was there as well. And that had to be uh, fun. that's a lot of great people. I'd love to meet that yeah, I'd love to meet all those people. Yeah. Jordy. Uh, what do you call him? Jamie McKelvey was there with oh, wow. Kieran Gillen. They were doing a whole uh, Wick, <sighs> Wicked and Divine thing. Yeah. Kieran Gillen would have been lovely, too. He at least was there. It was, it was crazy. The amount of talent that was Emma Rios, you know, pretty who, who does Pretty Deadly. Yeah. Wow. Um, and I mean, everyone would just go over to. It was like in part of a, a mall, kind of. And so they had hired one of the cinema screens as a place to do the seminar pieces. Mm-hmm. So you just walk over to the cinema and, and sit. Then you'd be sitting, you know, chatting away with literally some of the biggest names in the industry. It was terrific. Sounds like they it. need to. Do, yeah, they need to keep going. Do more of those. See, that's what I'm talking about. I know we're trying real hard to get a freaking sponsor to back us because it would be so freaking awesome to a sponsor that sent us across the pond. To do interviews? I mean, to do shows. I mean, <laughs> seriously. I mean, we are the biggest, I don't know what you want to say this, how would I say it? I'm going to say, I don't want to say hacks, but, uh, <laughs> you know, we we do a lot of advertising for everybody. We don't care. I mean, we're there out to help the little guy, the big guy, whoever it is. If we get somebody to sponsor us, man, we'll be dropping their names left and right. You know this. I mean, our friend Cheryl invited us. Hey, come out. When are you guys going to come to England? You know, that, that'd be awesome. Now, us in England is scary for England. I'm just saying. <laughs> They're going to turn the horse loose on England. <laughs> It'd be an uprising. I'm the kind of guy that would go to, you know, to the Queen Mother and say, hey, knight me. <laughs> yeah, I want to see you go to one of those uh, those guards, the, the red guards with the big hat. Oh, I can make a move. Yeah, wearing your horse mask and yelling at him. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can make a move. And my Superman underwear and go, bam! <laughs> that's a video i would be happy to take <laughs> so i'm going to buckingham palace now huh yeah. dude i for our job i was so close to go to england at one time and i was i was just like over the moon ready to go and then i get replaced twice you know it really sucks I, i've never been across i just one reason why i joined the military i wanted to do some of the traveling but I never made across that was all around here and then when they did want to send me across say they want to send me to a damn war <laughs> come on man <laughs> but uh ah, we got to get across the river man Excuse me, the pond, the river's going to Mexico. My bad. We got to cross yeah, the pond. I'm not, I'm not going that way. We got to go to Mexico City, baby. Mexico City Con. You'll never see us again. <laughs> we'll go dress as cartel members. We'll come back. Somebody will let slip that one of us is called the White Horse and we'll just die. Oh, no. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> the, like the blue, blue boots guy. Yeah, it'd be bad. Yeah, so we got to hope here Stuart can get us a, a nice, good Irish uh, support or sponsor for us, you know? Irish uh, Spring sponsors the comic podcast. <laughs> what, are we stanky? <laughs> <laughs> well, if I came the way uh, you know from yesterday today, uh, it'd be stanky up in here. Thank you for showering. Uh, anytime, man. <laughs> well, anyway, Stuart, do you, do you have a funny story for us? I, I don't know if I can top the bam, really. <laughs> I, I was trying to think of something, uh, just anything that, that was comics related, you know, and... Um, the only thing I could vaguely think of was it was a, a couple of years ago, myself and my partner, we were on holiday in Europe and we were hitting a few places. And the first place we were at was Zurich and uh, we, we like going to galleries and things. And it was about 10 in the morning on a Tuesday and we were at the the big art museum in town. And uh, 
we were, you know, these these things they they always takes you a long time to walk around them. So, you know, you use the bathroom, go to the gift shop, and things like that first usually. Mm-hmm. And they had this big massive gift shop, and I I came out of the bathroom, and my partner Siobhan was in the gift shop, and it was completely empty apart from these two women. And as I'm walking past, they're like pointing and staring at at Siobhan. What, what's going on here? And I, I got up and she hadn't noticed. And I said, do you see that? Do you see those two women pointing at you? And she was like, they are, aren't they? What's what's happening there? So they kind of backed away a little bit as we were leaving and waved. So we just waved back and, and went on into the gallery and I you know, just, just thought it was a bit odd. You know, they obviously mistook as for somebody else or something like that, you know, we, we, or maybe we had seen them or whatever, but we, we just went on around the gallery. So then uh, a few days later, we were in uh, Salzburg in Austria and uh, the uh, Juliet Lewis was playing a concert. And we went to the concert and the same thing started happening again. There was like these two girls and, and they, they were kind of pointing and waving. Huh. And we were like, "What? What is going on here? This this is just bizarre." So, and we speed it up a wee bit. We got to Berlin, and the same thing again. You know, people would like really, really look at us, and you know, you would just kind of nod and and walk on. On the way back to Ireland, I wanted to stop off in London to see an old friend, and me and him were sitting in the pub, and Siobhan went to uh, Waterstones, which is like Barnes and Noble kind of big bookshop Mm -hmm. and uh whenever she comes back into the pub i can see straight away that something has happened i can tell from her face and i'm like what's wrong what's what's happened and she's like it's just mad it's just mad and i was like what is it she's like i know what it is i know i know why all these people have been staring at us and i was like go on and apparently this guy came up to her in london in the bookstore and he was like red as a beetroot and he was like, I'm really sorry. I never do this. I never do this. Can I get a photo with you? <laughs> and because we were speaking English this time, Siobhan went, who do you think I am? <laughs> and apparently, and of course, when it was pointed out, then we realized everyone thought that she was Kirsten Dunst. And Kirsten Dunst, unbeknown to us, had been in the places that we had been in. And oh, wow. She, <laughs> and she does look... She had been told this before, and I just don't see it because I see her as Siobhan, so I never really think about it. But yeah, it got to the point where all these people were coming up and waving and everything because they must have thought I was like Kirsten Dunst's bodyguard or something. So yeah, kind of comics related. It was me and Mary Jane just moving our way around Europe. But yeah, everyone thought she was Kirsten Dunst. I'll put a picture or something. I'll show you guys a picture. Yeah, I was just about to ask. I was going to say, where to go, man? You're the man. (laughs) (laughs) See, that was the only comics thing I could think of. That's pretty funny, though. They didn't even give him any love, man. He couldn't be her boyfriend. He had to be her bodyguard. (laughs) That was just me saying that, I think. (laughs) How how else are they going to keep that fantasy alive? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Does he role play? Is that what you're saying? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I did not have a Spider-Man suit. Oh, that'd be awesome. <laughs> you must go out and get one now. <laughs> no, if anything, I would have a Carnage suit, I think. <laughs> nice. <laughs> All right, well, let's move on. Uh, we got some comics, movie, and TV news to go over this week. What do you guys want to talk about first? Comics. Okay, so Oni Press is launching a new imprint called Lime Rinse Press, which is going to focus on erotic and sex education books. Their first book is going to be called Ojoy Sex Toy, 
and it's going to come out October 9th. Oh, that's Eric Moen, isn't it? Yeah. Who's doing this? Oni Press. Oh, the guys that sent us writers and artists. Nice. <laughs> I didn't know that in the but I, I've seen her work before, and I had, like, brief contact with her a few years ago because she works at the same studio as Steve Liber. Okay. Uh, the guy who draws the fix. Yeah, yeah. And um, I was getting some little uh, Superior Foes cards from Steve Liber, and she was taking care of it all, and she was really sweet. <laughs> she sent them over and didn't charge me half as much postage as I should have gotten stuff. She's got a Kickstarter up again, I think, for the third one of that at the minute of the the sex toy thing. Yeah, I've, the, I've never the third volume. I've never seen it. Yeah, Oni Press yeah. is uh, putting out the first two volumes, October 9th, and then the third one is supposed to come out sometime in November or December, I believe. So it's kind of interesting, an interesting thing. I mean, uh, it's weird they're doing like erotic comics and sexual education comics. Yeah. It seems like two opposite ends of the spectrum, really, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, Oni's always known for doing creative and, and new things and trying out new things, so um, I don't know. Maybe it'll what, work for them. Have they announced any other ones apart from that? That's the first one they've announced, yeah. I don't know if about what other ones are coming, but I can only imagine. <laughs> <laughs> nice. This is how you put it in. <laughs> Not that one, this one. <laughs> well, there's obviously a market for it, you know. you got to find your niche. I wonder I how much of that is due to sex criminals. Uh, yeah, a lot, of, <laughs> a lot of perbs out there. So clearly you'll be picking it up, won't you? Um, <laughs> I can't say for sure whether I will or not. It'll depend on the books, I guess. Whatever, you know you will. <laughs> you at least get one to see. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, just, it just depends. And there'll be a picture of me in there with my BAM! <laughs> Stay away from this man. The Miguel Garza story. <laughs> I'd pick that one up. <laughs> I'll send that to Stuart. Behind the underwear. <laughs> Behind the underwear. Uh, the only other piece of comics news is that Darth Vader is ending at issue number 25. Why? Because it's the end of the story. Oh, they then we're going to start a new Darth Vader story? Nope. They they knew there was a beginning, middle, and end for it, and uh, they, they're reaching the end. So that's basically what it is. <sighs> Love Darth Vader, man. There, there was one more piece of comics news. Oh, yes, there is one more. I'm sorry. The, the big one, too. I had it written down. Yeah. Darwin Cook passed away. Yeah, man, it's sad. Which is really sad. He was struggling there, bro. Cancer's a bitch, man. Yeah, fuck cancer. Seriously. How many times we got to say that? I, uh, man. He was only 53. Wasn't that right? I believe so. It's terrible. Yeah, he was very young, very, very talented. Like, uh, I don't know if... Did you guys read that last work, The Twilight Children, with Gilbert Hernandez? Unfortunately, no, I haven't gotten to. Uh, it's It's just stunningly beautiful it is just amazing it, it's kind of like a, a gilbert hernandez take on that old 60s tv show the prisoner with like the white balls on the beach kind of thing but darwin cook's artwork is just uh, it's just staggering i i did like a, a reading list mail every week and i can remember every issue i was just writing down you know this is like ice cream this is just it's just so beautiful and delicious to look at you know <laughs> <laughs> it's just uh, he was just an absolute master of the medium. Everybody feels that way too. Yeah, I've seen a lot yeah. of stuff on on Facebook. John yeah. Jimmy Palmiotta wrote something really nice. Yeah, he was um, he was greatly loved, greatly respected by the whole community. So it's definitely a tragedy to lose him. It's tough when you lose somebody really good like that. You know, uh, lots of other people who look at us and like, a bunch of nerds. You just don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, people that aren't aren't in the comic community don't really realize how tight knit it really is. Yeah, I mean, we know a lot of these older guys now, and you know. 
I feel bad. You know, some of our friends have had issues happen to them too, and you feel bad. And you're like, damn, I wish I could do something to help you. Yeah. Like if I won freaking lotto, I already know who I would help. I have two people in mind I'm going to help. And they're not even family related, but I love these guys. Thanks for bringing me down, man. Appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, on all seriously, he is going to be missed. Definitely. Oh, he should be celebrated. It shouldn't bring you down. That's I mean, right. Rest easy. I'm, I'm looking at one right now. I'm, I've got the, the Batman uh, variant on my, on my wall. And I, I, his artwork is just amazing, absolutely amazing. I think you know to be remembered for something so beautiful is just such a wonderful life to have led. Yep, I think it's one of my my old uh, old uh, babysitter back in the day when I was a young man. I mean, she passed already too, but she taught me a lot. Like you said earlier, it was you know it's a celebration. They are no longer suffering. They're in a better place. All right, now there's some TV. <laughs> Let's talk about what's going on with uh, <laughs> casting on Supergirl. <laughs> Piece of crap. <laughs> I'm going to throw this at you right now. <laughs> no, there's no casting announcement. But there, there is a major Supergirl announcement. Uh, it's no longer going to be on CBS. I can't believe that. That they, just... just how did the sale happen, did it? Yeah, it's going to CW now. Yeah, Vancouver as well, isn't it? Yeah, I think it was They're, cheaper to produce uh, up there, so... That's just what they decided to do. But so, so it means it's going to go on for like 10 seasons. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I think the thing is... I think that's where they did the other shows as well, yeah, isn't that's, it? That's where they do Flash and Arrow. But now that it's going to CW, it's going to be officially part of that Arrowverse that they've created. So there'll be a lot more crossovers and a lot more you know, interaction between the heroes. So. That's going to be great. Another thing I love about this, I can't wait and I hope they do it. CW has a crossover with Supergirl and Supernatural. Yeah, that's not gonna happen. The Winchesters come to town. <laughs> <laughs> it's not gonna happen. I've watched that show in years. I'm pretty sure. Say again, Stuart. I didn't hear you. I haven't watched Supernatural in a long time, but um, my partner watches Supergirl. Oh yeah, I love She's, Supergirl. Too. He says it's good fun. I think it, out of all the the shows at the minute, the the one I enjoy the most is Gotham. It's the one that I I tend to stay up to date with. <laughs> but um, do you guys watch Supergirl? Yeah, uh, I am a little bit behind on it. I think I'm like five issue, five episodes behind. I think I'm six. Yeah, because we got so much. We, we watch so much and so we, much run around. We I mean, watch everything yeah. because we have to be at least a little informed. Supergirl, <laughs> Agents of Shield, Gotham, Arrow, Flash, Supernatural. I mean, these are just, I Zombie, I Zombie. These are just some of the shows yeah, we watch yeah. in regards to this stuff. I mean, before Constantine got canceled, I was watching Constantine. <laughs> yeah, I think the only Supergirl ones I've seen were the the Martian Manhunter ones. Oh yeah, I wanted I wanted to see how they did that, and they did it quite well. It was quite good. It's not a bad show. I mean, it's uh, it's a little more focused on the relationship kind of stuff than I wish it was. But the fight, yeah. the fight scenes are all really good. So I don't know. Oh, I left out Legends of Tomorrow. Yeah, yeah I'm behind, shit. behind on that one too. <laughs> I love Legends of Tomorrow. It's all about yeah. snark. <laughs> he, he's gone too. He left the show. Ah, oh, I'm not sure why. Oh, it's because him and his, uh, him and the other guy, the guy that played his his partner on the show, they're going to redo a uh, prison break. That's cool. Uh, well, speaking of Gotham, uh, a character that hasn't been around for a while is coming back. No fish. No, 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 no. no, no. no it's really. Fish. Yeah, fish is coming uh, back. <laughs> oh, she doesn't need to come back. No, she doesn't need to come back. But they're bringing her back. Oh dear, <laughs> it's my only gripe about the show. I know. I, are you the same? Season I, I, two was I, so much better because there was no fish. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And I mean, the person that they massively underuse is Barbara. Yeah, she's fantastic. Like, um, what's what's Erin Richards? I think is her name. And you know, I would 
I'd like to have seen that become the the more female villain of the of the piece, but I suppose the Will Smith pays for a lot of bills, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so fish, fish is coming back, but on the flip side, the Court of the Owls is supposed to appear on the next episode. So hell yes, uh, that's kind of cool. Yeah, I think they'll fit really well into the Gotham TV verse. So this show is amazing, man. It definitely has its moments. I, mm-hmm. I like the show. Uh, I just really don't like fish. That's the one I don't. I, don't, I mean, I watch Gotham maybe one or two episodes back right now. But I, I, when I watch it, if I get behind by a few, I actually don't want to binge like I do the other ones. You know, like one right after because I actually like to watch it, let it soak in, come back an hour later and watch the next one. Yeah. So it takes a while for me to watch Gotham because I, I don't like to rush through it. It's so good to me. I love it. Understandable. Uh, you're gonna like this next piece of news. Lock and Key is back on track to be a TV series. Yes! Okay. Oh, I love Lock and Key. They apparently made a pilot when it was being considered before by Fox. Fox declined it. Then they were going to do a three-part movie, and then that fell apart. So then it was just kind of dead in the water for a while, but now it's in consideration for being a TV series again, so they're working on that again. Who's carrying it? Nobody knows yet. Don't tell me sci-fi. I'll come over the top of this table and punch you. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I, I'm sure they would be happy with sci-fi because they would find a home for it. Cinemax. But uh, we'll have to wait and see. They haven't announced who's who's considering it. Is Joe Hill part of it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Joe oh, yeah. yeah. He's, he's still writing everything. So. Oh, yeah, man. I have every book. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so amped for that. Uh, let's see. DC has also ordered season one of Powerless. Uh, it's supposed to start in the 2016-2017 season. I'm curious about that show. It looks really cool. I, I like the idea of like an office building full of people that are in- impacted by the superhero battles that go on. Um, it sounds like it's going to be pretty funny. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, Agent Carter got canceled. Yeah, that's kind of a disappointment. Were you watching Agent Carter, Stuart? Uh, Siobhan was watching it. She really, really enjoyed it. I liked it a um, lot. Yeah. Season one. I liked um I liked where they were going. The episodes I did see where they were introducing Madame Mask. Yep. I thought was I thought that was all done really nicely. I didn't I didn't get to see enough of it to to give a proper opinion. Season one was great. <laughs> Season two was slow in the beginning but got excellent towards the end. Um, the only thing that really sucks is that we never really saw the origins of Shield. We saw SSR and we saw some of the build up towards that and some of the creation of those those mm-hmm. villains from the earlier days, but we never saw S.H.I.E.L.D. actually get formed, so I was really hoping for one more season to see S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, there is a change.org petition that 7,000 people have already signed, yeah. trying to get Netflix to do the third oh, season. that would be awesome. I think, that, I think that could happen. I think one of the things that happened with it, really, is that Healy Atwell has been signed to do another show, hasn't she? Yeah. And I think that was part of the decision. Once she was, once she kind of jumped ship, they were like, okay, that that makes the decision easier for us. I forget what show she's she's on, but she's definitely doing an, a new pilot for something. Yeah, she's like a lawyer or a prosecutor or something like that. Is that what it is? Yeah, I, I can't remember the name of it either, though. Did you? Um, I th- I thought I seen something during the week that did you ever read that book from Boom called Curse? I think it's been optioned. Huh. I I need to check, but I'm pretty sure it's it's been optioned for a pilot. And there's, I forget who did the original book. I've got it, but I can't. It's somebody that we really like. <laughs> I know that. <laughs> but I can't. If somebody, somebody look it up. Uh, Curse from Boom. That was a. I'm pretty uh, is, that, is that a werewolf story? Yeah. Okay. Maybe I did read the first arc of that. 
It sounds familiar. I think there only was one. I think it was like a five-issue series or something like that. I read a lot of comics, so it's, sometimes it's hard for me to keep it all straight. <laughs> you and me both, brother. <laughs> uh, let's see. ABC also passed on the uh, Marvel Marvel's Most Wanted spinoff. So remember, they were going to spin off Bobby and uh, her boyfriend. Yeah. And then they decided not to do it. Uh-huh. And then they killed him, or they, they had him leave Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. later. And then they said they were going to do the show again. Well, now they're saying they're not doing the show <laughs> again. Wow. So, really, they just sort of screwed those two actors over. <laughs> That's <laughs> which, terrible. Which sucks, because uh, Bobby was actually pretty good. Yeah. That's uh, Pat Lackey, I believe. Adrian Palicki? Yeah. Uh, I- I'm sure that she'll show up somewhere else in the Marvel TV or cinematic universe, because she's too good not to use. But that kind of sucks for them. Yeah. <laughs> because they can't really come back to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. the way it ended. Alternate timeline. <laughs> I mean, unless they just start showing up working as mercenaries or something. But yeah, they, they could do that. They can't really bring them back into the fold as S.H.I.E.L.D. agents. They join HYDRA. I don't know. <laughs> It'll be interesting to see how that, that plays out. Um, let's see. CW ordered a full season of Riverdale, the Archie TV series. Interesting. So I guess the pilot is good. Okay. Who's playing Archie? I don't remember. Huh. I'm, I'm not a big Archie fan, so it's... Shame. Uh, Everybody should be an Archie fan. That's not really my thing. Archie's been around forever. <laughs> Archie met Kiss. And that's why you like him. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it for TV. Okay. So tell me some movie news, man. Let's see. Wolverine 3 is confirmed to have an R rating, and it's going to take place in the future. And this is Hugh Jackman's last one. So it's probably going to be the Old Man Logan storyline. Okay. Which is cool. Uh, the release date for that is supposed to be March 3rd, 2017. Okay. So really not that far away. Mm-mm. Uh, Simon Kinberg has confirmed that the next X-Men movie is going to be a 90s X-Men movie. So we may get the colorful costumes we've all been waiting for finally. Bishop. (laughs) That's going to be freaking awesome. Could be pretty cool. (laughs) Michael Michael B. Jordan has signed on for an unnamed role in the Black Panther movie. Good chance he's going to be a villain, according to rumors. Uh, Yeah, another another human torch makes the jump from, from Fantastic Four to Marvel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Screwed me over, so you got to give me something better. Yeah, it worked the first time. <laughs> Come on, man. His Creed. He's Creed. It's Apollo Creed's son. <laughs> I don't think he's playing that role in the. <laughs> he was good in Creed. He was good in Creed. Uh, let's see. I mean, I've been a fan of his. I've been watching him since he was on uh, Friday Night Lights. Gareth Edwards has dropped out of directing Godzilla Two. The guy who did the first movie. Yeah. So he's not doing Godzilla Two. Who picked it up? I don't know. They haven't found anybody yet. Why did he drop out? Uh, apparently, it was an amicable split. He wanted to focus on smaller projects that he wanted to do. So, smaller. They said okay. What the hell? Is he is he not directing Rogue One? Yeah, he's the guy that did Rogue One as well. Yeah, but he wants to do something smaller. What the? Hell? Well, I think he's done a lot of big budget movies in a row, so he's ready for something more. Yeah. Did you see his first? Uh, did you see the one before Godzilla and Monsters? No. It's really good. It, it's worth checking out. It's okay. it's about like it's kind of like a BPRD thing where there are these huge monsters between America and Mexico, and these two people have to like cross the the badlands bit with these monsters in it. It's terrific. You should check it out. Oh wow, that sounds cool. Huh? <laughs> yeah, they think that's what got him the Godzilla job in the first place. Huh? Because because it is these big massive monsters on the terrain, you know. So it was like no brainer. But um, he obviously doesn't want to be pigeonholed. Yeah. But uh, uh, it'd be interesting to see what his smaller project is because it's a smaller film, but, and it works really well. 
Man, Godzilla 2 was going to be off the chain, man. You got Godzilla and the other three monsters in it. I guess it was too much. Plus, know. there's that new Godzilla, uh, the Japanese version is out this summer. Oh, yeah, the oozing one, the one that looks like you got problems. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be – that's even funnier because I, I, that's not going to be released here in the States. It's going to be released in Japan, and you'll probably get it on DVD several months or whatever later. Uh, but he's going to be bigger than the American Godzilla, the last one. It's supposed to be like 10 meters or whatever bigger than the original one. I mean, the one that just came out. So I'm pretty stoked for that. He does look like he has some issues, though. <laughs> he looks vicious. Yeah. I can't wait. It's going to be good. I'm a Godzilla guy all the way. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, Batman the Killing Joke got a release date, finally. Nice. Uh, July 26th is when it's coming out in digital. And August 2nd is when the physical DVDs are coming out. That's just crazy, that, isn't Mark, it? Mark Hamill, right? Yeah, Mark Hamill and Kevin Conroy. I'm the voice of Batman. <laughs> That's it's cool. just it's just so insane that that this that we're going to see some of those pages as a cartoon. I know, and I think everyone knows the pages I'm talking about. Yeah, I'm buying I mean, two copies. You, if you were going to make a cartoon, <laughs> it's just crazy. Like, I'm really looking forward to it. It's going to be fantastic. Yeah, but it, it's just if you'd have said to me even five years ago they're going to make a cartoon of this, I would have been looking at you in disbelief. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Two copies. One you don't open up, <laughs> and the other one you, you save forever, just in case something bad happens. <laughs> well, they, they uh, released the cover art as well, and it's basically the same as the comic book. It's uh, the image of Joker with the camera uh-huh. flipped vertically, taking the picture. So that's the that's the front cover for the... There's going to be some people pissed. <laughs> people always got People are already it. pissed off about it. But I told you, fun. Are they? What are they solid. saying about it? <laughs> well, I mean, it's the same people that, that feel like... You shouldn't make an R-rated Batman movie, or there's no reason for it to be R-rated. Like you could just cut out the scenes with Barbara, or or Gordon being naked, and and make it PG-13. Aside from some swearing in those scenes, there's really no reason to make it R. But I feel like if you do that, it affects the integrity of the story. Yeah, it's what makes the story harsh. It's what makes it work at the end. I think. Yeah. So I mean, there's always going to be people that gripe and don't like things because of you know whatever agenda they have, but. I'm excited for it. I mean, it's always been yeah, absolutely. And let, let's see those people write something as good as Alan Moore. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure he'd tell them the same thing. <laughs> and I'm sure he could do it in 140 characters as well. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and the very last piece of movie news is that Greg Berlanti has confirmed that he is working on a Booster Gold movie. Interesting. <laughs> That's kind of interesting. A lot of people are going to be real excited about that. Yeah, a lot of huge Booster Gold fans out there. Beetle going to be in it. Uh, that is kind of up in the air still, but everybody likes Booster Gold. Mexican Beetle. <laughs> I'm going to go sign up for that <laughs> role. <laughs> yeah, I, who did they get for Booster Gold, though? No, I'm excited about that. I really yeah. enjoy that movie, and I've never really liked is it. Is it the, uh, the uh, uh, what do you call it, Firefly guy? Nathan Fillion? Isn't it? Uh, he's he's playing that character on one of the TV series. Oh, oh, is that what it is? Right. Yeah, I'm not sure if he's. I mean, it's probably going to be the same thing as Flash, where they have somebody else for the movie versus the TV series. How do you not take Nathan Fillion seriously, dude? How do you not take Grant Gustin? I don't. You're an sense. idiot. That that Flash sucks. <laughs> okay, the one that's not on the movie sucks. I, yeah, Grant Gustin should have been the Flash. It is what it is. So, Ugh. DC has their own agenda, their own idea of what movies are supposed to be, and they're going to keep doing it their way. And That's true. You know, no matter how much the public outcries about it, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> you know, they're slow to act. I mean, look at the, the sexual harassment thing. 
took him like a month and a half to make a statement about yeah. that. So, hey man, a couple of weeks, we get to see some toitles. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's pretty animal. close. <laughs> that's pretty much it for movies, guys. Uh, that's it for news, actually. Uh, I want to remind everybody to follow us on our social media. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash comical podcast. On Twitter and Instagram, I am at comical podcast. I'm at comical podcast too, and I just followed back Stephen. <laughs> so, and I'm at Stuart McKinn. Yeah. Uh, who am I following Stephen for? <laughs> My bad. I followed Stuart back. <laughs> <laughs> Stephen Strange just. just you, you got Stephen ML on the mind. Yeah. Talking uh, about turtles. <laughs> well, no, no, no. Some guy named Stephen Strange was doing something earlier on Twitter, so that's why I got You're still thinking about Steve from yesterday. That's all it is. That's what it is. <laughs> Steve Orlando in the underwear. <laughs> He's, he's, he's worried about you following him now. <laughs> Here comes the restraining order. <laughs> anyway, Stuart, thanks, just, for, thanks for coming on. Oh, uh, Thanks you, for having me, guys. Where can people go to check out your books? Uh, the, if you want to buy one straight away, go to Comixology and just search for Millicent Barnes Comics and you'll see five issues Macamondo, about 14 of City War, some of Delta, some of that guy, and the first issue of Monologue is on there as well, digitally. Uh, but please go and check out the monologue Kickstarter while it's still live for issue two. Uh, there's lots of really lovely rewards, and I will definitely send you extra stuff if you're a listener to this show. Yes, and I've already That's subscribed awesome. it because I get that. <laughs> <laughs> and that guy sounds just made for me. Oh, it, it, you're going to love that one. You're going to love that one, that's for sure. Yeah, you'll love the back cover of number two. Because <laughs> you always tell me, you're that guy. <laughs> you are that guy. <laughs> Also, guys, I want to remind you, we're going to be at Space City Con later this month, uh, May 27th through May 29th. Really looking forward to that. Matthew Rosenberg is going to be there. I'm super excited to meet him finally. And now, according to Steve, we know to bring him some chocolate milk. Nice. Because that's his thing. <laughs> Horse milk. So uh, we're going to interview him about four kids walking to a bank. And, of course, We Can Never Go Home, two that's, of my favorite books. God, is going to be a great interview. Uh, really looking forward to that. And then after that, we have Comic Palooza coming up in June, uh, the 17th through the 19th. Tons of great people are going to be there. The Aliens cast, the entire cast of Aliens. We got Sigourney Weaver. You got uh, what's his name from Terminator? Bill Paxton, baby. Bill Paxton's <laughs> going to be there. Um, and I'm waiting. I can't wait. I'm paying some money to see Tara Reid so I can ask her is she going to be alive in Sharknado Four or not? Yeah. Even though she can't tell me. I know you <laughs> want to talk to Paul Reiser about Mad About You. No, what? Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm asking why you're such a dick in Aliens too. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Norman Reedus is going to be there. They got, they got a great yeah, guest. Yeah, I, I want to get a picture. You tell Norman Reedus, you suck, Daryl. <laughs> I like Norman Reedus. I'm a big fan of Boondock Saints. I just don't like the character of Daryl in Walking Dead. <laughs> me personally. Uh, actually, I got some news, uh, some secret hush-hush news about some people that are coming oh, yeah. uh, that I can't say yet, but I am beyond excited about, uh, and I'm hoping we can interview all of them. He won't even tell me. Pieces uh, of crap. So <laughs> hopefully soon we'll be able to tell you guys about that. But uh, if, also- today, if you're going to the, see the Aliens cast, if Jeanette Goldstein is there, make sure go over and say hello. I met her in Belfast last year, and she's fantastic. She plays Vasquez. Okay. Oh, Alien. yeah. But she also she played Diamondback in Near Dark. I don't know if you remember that. She, she's just terrific, and she's a really nice woman. So, yeah, if Jeanette Goldstein is there, go and say hello to her, too. Cool, we will. I'm gonna have her punch me because she was tough in Aliens. <laughs> I, get, I get a picture of it. I'll nice, said <laughs> the steward. And I promise bigger shenanigans at Space City and bigger shenanigans at Comic Palooza. Yeah, and uh, there's actually an official quote unquote Comic Palooza commercial that we're gonna air at the end of this episode. So stick around and listen to it. Notice how I did the comic and comical 
Palooza. Comical Palooza. Yeah, I ran them in together. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, that's pretty much it. Thanks again for coming on, Stuart. You want to close this out? Excellent. Thanks. Thanks for having us, guys. That was terrific. Okay, keep on laughing, bitches. <laughs> Hello, everybody. This is Ming Chen from AMC's Comic Book Man, reminding you that Comic Palooza 2016 is almost here. At Comic Palooza, there are literally thousands of hours of programming. You'll see your favorite celebrities, comic book creators, and authors. You'll experience crazed cosplay events, rowdy professional wrestlers, raucous roller derby girls, and so much more. Special celebrity events at this year's Comic Palooza include a cast reunion of the classic 1986 sci-fi horror favorite, Aliens, featuring Sigourney Weaver, Bill Paxton, Michael Bean, Paul Reiser, Carrie Henn, and more. Also, the cast of the Boondock Saints will be in attendance, including Sean Patrick Flannery, David Delarocco, Clifton Collins Jr., Brian Mahoney, and of course, Walking Dead star Norman Reedus. Other celebrity guests include Underworld star Kate Beckinsale, Lenny James from The Walking Dead, Eliza Dushku from Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Darth Vader himself, David Prowse, Star Trek's Walter Koenig, Sherilyn Kenyon, Cal Mitchell, Matt Hawkins and Top Cow Comics, Fear Factory, the original Incredible Hulk Lou Ferrigno, wrestling superstar Ric Flair, comic book legends John Astrander and Adam Kubert, and beware of Sharknado's is Tara Reid, and of course, me, Ming Chen from AMC's Comic Book Man and podcaster extraordinaire. Be sure to follow Comic Palooza on social media, on Twitter at Comic Palooza, Instagram at Houston Comic Palooza, and like us on Facebook to keep up with our amazing guest announcements. Don't miss Comic Palooza 2016 at the George R. Brown Convention Center in Houston, Texas, June 17th through June 19th. Get your passes today. Head over to www.comicpalooza.com for all the details. <laughs> <laughs>